Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 143. This week, we talked to Amanda Silver about the massive Visual Studio 2017 release. Background tabs in your browser might start using less power. And did I mention how awesome VS 2017 is turning out to be? This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Aspose, the market leader of .NET and Java APIs for file business formats. Natively work with DocX, XSLX, PPT, PDF, MSG, MPP, image formats, and many more. This week, we have Amanda Silver, Director of Program Management for Visual Studio, VS Code, and other development tools. How's it going, Amanda? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Great. Okay, Carl, what do we have for the comment of the week? Uh... Well, now with the comment of the week with our new sponsor, Aspose, uh, we are reinstituting a giveaway. So mm-hmm. um, the comment this week is from Kyle Helms on Twitter. He said, is the show only 28 minutes? <laughs> the last episode, uh, we had a little bit of error. We edited the show. It was working great. It sounded great. The video was great. It was the right length for the video. But somehow when we exported as MP3, we missed something and it only got half the episode. I blame the computer. This was not. So so because of Kyle, we caught it really quick. And some of you guys got the shortened episode. Um, If not, we corrected it right away. We put the full length one up there. So thanks a lot. And you will be the first one to get the uh, expose total.net, which includes the expose.net products, all of them in one package. So uh, thanks again, uh, Kyle, not only for the tip, but for saving our butts. And uh, if you want to get mentioned on the show, like Kyle did, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com, comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We really like those five-star iTunes reviews too. Perfect. And I know we're not covering a lot of news, but what do we got for our one news story, Carl? Yeah. Uh, Google and all the major web browsers as a whole are trying to make improvements to browsers to save uh, on power consumption. Mm-hmm. And Google's made a little bit of a changes uh, recently uh, for how uh, what happens to your apps when it's put into a background tab. And, uh, you know, I, I saw this when uh, checking out the therot.com uh, and he points to the original source on the developer uh, Chrome developer uh, forums mm-hmm. uh, where it outlines all of the things that happen when you're uh, tab, your web app in a tab is put into the background. And if you're a web developer, this is actually pretty big because there are things that happen as soon as 10 seconds after you're put into another tab. So, uh, okay. So you, in your code, you have to handle that situation when you're, when you're in the background, because I know like weird things happen with like timers and things like that. Right. Yep. And you definitely want your JavaScript if you're expecting it to run to, uh, handle that properly. Yeah. Did I mention that one of the things that my team works on is the JavaScript engine? (laughs) <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, okay. so we've been, we're pretty familiar with all these issues. Perfect. So so does that mean uh, like edge uh, do you do you any any clue yep, how that's yeah, handling so it? The chakra the chakra engine yeah. and actually that's kind of that that specific thing has really evolved over the last couple of yeah. years. Um, especially as we're thinking about how apps might run in in a mobile context or or mm-hmm. things like that. Definitely trying to push down the power consumption. Yeah, and my so experience I'm, has always been like the the default browser. You know, like um, if you use Edge, for example, your battery life is phenomenal compared to pretty much anything else out there. Yeah, I mean that's that's really the the goal that we have is to make sure that we have the best browser for Windows. So, mm-hmm. um, really trying to make sure that that Edge sings. Mm-hmm. And and I'm also assuming that this doesn't just cover um, like 
the Edge browser, but when we're running JavaScript and in a web application that could be like a WinJS app as well, when when your window is just in, in the background behind another one, you're going to get these throttling situations as well. Yeah, and actually that was one of the first reasons that we started working on all of these things, like, you know, really bringing uh, multi-threaded apps to JavaScript is because we knew we were going to start running them in, in app contexts. Mm. And about that same time is when web workers started to come out, and now we have, uh, you know, the evolution of that as well. And that's when async started to come out for JavaScript, and all of, all of that kind of happened in the mm-hmm. in the same era. Yeah. About three, four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Async await in JavaScript is like, uh, that's, I'm so excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah. and then some of the early stuff I could do in, uh, in TypeScript and that, that going into production now is, is super exciting. We've talked about yep. that a few times on the show. Very, oh, cool. very cool stuff. Yeah. Good. Okay, so but what we're talking about today <laughs> that we're that we're super excited about, and I'm I'm sure you are as well, is Visual Studio 2017. Um, this was such I, I don't know when when I started like you know even just reading more about uh, some of the things behind the scenes that are going on here. Um, it's just incredible the amount like the, how big of an update this is. This is like this is it, just huge. It was pretty <laughs> tremendous. I mean, I I would say that it's my baby, but yeah. I just had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out for the past couple of months. Uh, so I would say I had two babies this year. Yeah. <laughs> Does it, do you get double maternity leave or is that not how it works? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> talk to, talk to but it was, about it's, that. It was a, a, an enormous release, just kind yeah. of thinking back to all the different things that we worked on. And a lot of the things were were absolutely fundamental to the way that we operate as a team mm-hmm. um, that you that you guys might not see in the product itself mm-hmm. but you know there were huge changes that went into the product and also kind of huge changes that went into how we work as a team as well very cool yeah so um, one of you know I, I think a lot of the features too are we're just reducing or eliminating pain that we had before and some of that pain we were aware of and some of it we weren't I mean one of them was the was the installer process it's, it was always one of these applications that that took a long time to install and and I always um, I would always kind of lock up whenever I would see all the different options for, for doing the installer um, so I see that that's completely revamped now so why does it look so different and how does that work yeah, so I mean, this is really a, a story around what has happened to Visual Studio over the last few releases. Mm-hmm. Um, what you know, it used to be that Visual Studio was an app for developers to build apps for Windows purely, and that's it, right? Um, and then along came Azure and web applications, and then eventually we started to allow developers to build for Android and iOS as well, um, and. And really what ended up happening in the last release is that, you know, while we brought a tremendous num- amount of capabilities into Visual Studio for developers, uh, the install actually just got really, really big. Mm-hmm. And and we know from a lot of our telemetry and talking to our users that um, people tend to either install everything, they kind of checkbox everything that was in the setup, or they just hit next on the wizard and they install the default. And and the result was that really nobody was kind of going back and making sure that they were using all the things that they had installed. Um, and they were they were installing too much uh, for what they actually needed. And so what we what the result was that we actually ended up with a, a an unsatisfactorily high failure rate in terms of um, successful installs. Mm -hmm. And so what we set out to do is to make it so that, you know, your Visual Studio can kind of grow with you if you all of a sudden want to take up 
Python or R programming or something like that, that you can really easily find out where you can get that set of extensions in in Visual Studio. Or if you want to start doing mobile development, you can you can um, add that into your tool set as well. But also make it really, really easy for developers who are just building an ASP.NET web application to get the, the smallest, leanest install that they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so oh, go ahead, Carl. Yeah, so one of the things that you mentioned is being able to go back later. So one of the things I noticed that in my start menu, there's actually a Visual Studio installer app. So once once I click on that installer, it stays around. Yeah, that's right. I mean, so our, our goal here is to actually make that somewhat re-entrant um, because we expect that you are going to add different capabilities over time. Like if you write a mobile application, um, over time, you're going to probably end up connecting that mobile application to a backend. Mm-hmm. And it might not be that you start on the service side of building that application, but over time, you're going to end up needing to connect to that service or write a, a mobile service on the backend. And so rather than kind of going back into add remove programs or something like that, uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that you knew where to go to find the additional functionality that you needed in Visual Studio without having, forcing you to install all of it up front. Um, so that's kind of one of the the main reasons that we did it. But, you know, our, our vision for uh, what that product experience looks like over time, um, it, it will end up being more of a hub for other things as well. Okay, that's interesting. So I, I'm assuming that you made Visual Studio bigger, faster, stronger. So can you tell us what kind <laughs> of uh, performance improvements you guys did or, you know, what, what kind of, you know, you well, know this- how much faster? Yeah, well, this really kind of um, translates, this kind of goes back to what I was talking about in terms of how the team has evolved over the past couple of years. Um, you know, it used to be that that it was boxed software. It would take us two or three years to do the planning and then kind of get to the point where it was ready to be released. And then we'd ship it out the door. And then, you know, there might be a team that was working on um, uh service updates for it, but the main team was already working on the next version of the box product. Um, The way that we really operate now is more that we're, you know, even though it still is a rich client application, we think about this as kind of a a service that we're providing to developers over time. And so that means that, you know, a lot of the platform updates that will let you target the next version of Windows, the next version of Azure, um, that'll that ends up being installed as an update or as an out of band release into Visual Studio. Uh, but in addition to that, we also really monitor the way that the Visual Studio client is performing for all of our users, um, and that allows us to see what are the top hitting bugs and you know where even uh, what's working, what's discoverable for users, what's not discoverable. For for users, and we can actually augment that over time in, in subsequent uh, releases. So one of the things that we really looked at in trying to figure out what to do in this release is we started to look at the telemetry information around uh, where were users hitting um, hangs in the tool mm-hmm. or just having generally so, slow experiences. Um, there's something called Watson. Have you guys ever heard yep. of the term Watson? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Watson is uh, was originally a uh, part of uh, Windows that mm-hmm. allowed you to track crashes that happened in Windows. And then we'd get, you know, uh, heaps and, and stack traces uh, for those crashes. And that allowed us to improve the operating system based on the usage in the wild. Um, 
then all of the applications at Microsoft started using this Watson utility. So we could actually see, you know, what kinds of, of crashes were out there. And then over time, we thought, wow, that's such a great idea. We should we should apply that to other types of things. And so we introduced something called uh, Perf Watson, which basically uh, looks for hangs from the main UI thread. And, and what we look for in that is like anything that would show up as it feels like your app is hung. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we tried to focus on those top issues. So, you know, a lot of them we've really taken care of. Um, so, for example, opening a new project, we've really tried to improve that. Um, one of the ways that we improved that is by allowing you to just open a folder and not necessarily have to load all of the solution and project context or do that asynchronously in the background. Um, another way that we did it is we actually have a feature that we call deferred project load um, that that will defer loading the projects until it's until you have need for a feature in Visual Studio that has a dependency on that. Um, but then there's other things that we've done. We've improved type the the speed of typing considerably. And I was just in a, a meeting this morning where we were discussing usage of uh, the the version that we just shipped last week, and we were talking about hey. This is what the the typing performance looks like for for users out in the wild. And, you know, is there anything we could do even further than what we we just released? So there's a whole bunch of different types of of performance improvements that we've put into this latest uh, version. And and we're not done. We'll continue (laughs) to work on it. Okay, there's a there was a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> so I guess the first big thing, like from my perspective, so we you know we talked we did talk about the installer real quick, but the installer, like, so I the the Visual Studio being this, uh, you know, I don't know, it's like the 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 star destroyers from Star Wars, like that's kind of how I picture it. Like that made me switch over to VS Code, which I love as well, and I've always used that kind of as the now I use it as like my default for opening projects and things like that because it is so fast. Yeah. Um and now. Um, you're kind of pulling me back over, <laughs> you know, cause now you guys are adding like so many cool features and I can install yeah. this thing. I used to be like afraid to install it on, on certain systems. Um, you know, I'd like wipe my system and then, and then I'd be like, Oh, I don't, do I want to put visual studio on there? Or can I get by with VS code? And now it's like, you know, less than a five minute install. Okay. I'm going to throw that on there. And depending on the options I, I pick, I, I might not take up a, a whole lot of space. So from my perspective, like that's a huge performance improvement. The startup time mm-hmm. feels way faster. And then what's kind of interesting too is, you know, even if we just ignore all those numbers, like you mentioned, there's all these um, uh, other features in there that, that really, you know, are, you know, instead of saying like, Oh, we've improved, you know, project load time by 10%. Like this is way more impactful. Like, Hey, if you have a hundred projects in your solution, instead of taking 10 minutes, we're going to do it in three seconds because we're going to delay those things. So that, yeah, a lot of that is like way more substantial than, than these small things that you normally uh, could have done. So that's, that's super exciting. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, like, like you know, we recognize that developers who use our tools spend oftentimes eight or ten hours in the tool each day, yeah. and so every every you know step matters in ter- mm-hmm. in the break in the debugger or every you know uh, every time you hit IntelliSense, like that matters. So we look at both the the huge things that you do that take multiple seconds or even minutes used to take minutes, and how we can improve those things. But we also look at the really rapid you know, experience, um, that you might interact with in the tool. Okay. 
And then one thing that I've tried, I've tried never to give too much thought to is the, the fact that there's a, there's a version of visual studio, then you have a version of .NET, but then you also have a yep. version of C sharp. Uh, I didn't realize that till this podcast when I think we were talking to, I think it was Mads we were talking to and, yeah. uh, and it's like, Oh, okay. This is like totally decoupled even from, from .NET. Like they, they sort of, they sort of go together, but they, they, do- you know, they hopefully dock every once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. So anyway, um, so VS 2017 now has uh, C sharp seven features as well, right? Like you get all that. Yep. Okay. Yep. And, and TypeScript 2.1, I think, but you know, that's, that's one yeah. of the things with all of this TypeScript actually moves independently from visual studio, right. uh, like C sharp, um, you know, because of the fact that we now have everything really acting as though it's an extension on top of the core Visual Studio platform, all of these things can kind of move separately. So if your team is using a particular version of, of C Sharp or a particular version of TypeScript, they can adopt the next version kind of when they're ready. Mm. Um, and but but even more importantly, uh, we can actually continue to make progress on the programming languages uh, independently of Visual Studio as well. Okay, so you're saying like when TypeScript 2.2 ships, then I'll just update my extension. I don't have to get a new version of Visual Studio? That's right, yeah. Awesome. So it's like kind of like yeah. how VS Code works then. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at that because I've been doing all my TypeScript in VS Code. But like I said, uh, yeah. all of the tools and instrumentation you have in in Visual Big Visual Studio is is pulling me back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's one of the other cool things that we've done in the JavaScript and TypeScript space over the past release is we actually. Uh, merged the language service. Mm-hmm. So it used to be that we had a JavaScript language service that was um, execution-based, meaning that it actually partially executed the the program to get the IntelliSense for you. Um, and that was what our JavaScript experience was based upon. And uh, in this last release, we actually based it on top of the TypeScript compiler. So what's happening mm-hmm. is instead of uh, partial execution, we're actually uh, inferring the type system for your JavaScript application, even if you're writing in JavaScript, not TypeScript. Mm. And that same language service uh, that powers IntelliSense and powers all of the background compilation is actually the same exact language service that's used in VS Code. So, okay. so like a Far whole, there's, yeah, you, there's a whole bunch of uh, code sharing in terms of the experiences that yeah. we can deliver for VS Code and Visual Studio, even though they look like, you know, very separate user experiences. Okay. That's great. So in addition to JavaScript and the main uh, .NET languages, uh, the, or the languages that we associate with .NET, like C Sharp and F Sharp, there's also, I saw, over 20 other additional languages supported in Visual Studio t- 2017. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to do is this open folder capability so that you can really take any, any, you know, folder or repo or anything that has some code in it and you can open it and reason about it. Um, and so minimally what we've done is we've made sure that we have uh, colorization and kind of like grammatical checking uh, or sorry, syntax checking for, for, um, all of the different types of languages that you might want to use as a developer. So Swift, Go, Rust, Ruby, you know, you name it, all, all a whole bunch of different uh, programming languages. And then kind of depending on um, either how much we have a dependency on it or how much, you know, we find that users are using it or 
uh, or based on how much the community supports it, uh, we might have even better language support uh, in, in the tool as well. But the idea is that minimally we should have uh, we should have at least colorization and syntax uh, highlighting and and colorization for um, for all of those languages. And then some have you know like there's maybe a bronze, silver, gold kind of uh, <laughs> kind of experience depending on the programming language. I gotcha. Um, and then what about when, whenever I'm doing uh, debugging in here? Because that's obviously such an important uh, experience. It looks like you have a whole bunch of huge improvements on the debugging. Yeah. it's it's. I mean, in a lot of ways, uh, Visual Studio is really known for its debugging capability. Yeah. And one of the most important things with that is in other tools, it's really hard to set up your debugging. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, or or if you're using loosely coupled tools with a with a, a kind of lightweight yeah. editor, it's, it's like really often thing, hard. Attach over here and then attach this thing that can talk to that, which talks to this. Yeah. Yeah. And more to, and to, to the point that we were talking about earlier around how the tools are kind of paired oftentimes with the programming language and then mm-hmm. there's a runtime and all of those things kind of conversion separately. In, on top of that, there's a debugger, <laughs> and that debugger actually has to have an understanding of the programming language version that's running and the runtime that the application is running on. Because what what ends up needing to happen is that you can map the the source code to the the um, the execution of the program, and so uh, so w- part of what Visual Studio does so well, and this kind of has to do with the setup experience, is we we understand how to in, how to set up your debugger really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a lot of ways, even though we've added a, a ton of capabilities, uh, new capabilities to the core debugger for, for .NET and for, for mobile applications, um, you know, a lot of what Visual Studio does that's kind of the most important job is it sets up your debugger in, in a hassle-free way. Yeah. There's even um, some small things in here that I think are a big deal, like the um, um, the run to the the basically run to this point. Um, I would always set a breakpoint and then I would like unset it, but you know it's like those small things, yeah. like please you know continue execution up to this point, um, reattach yeah, the process. You have, yeah, you have no idea how many people we have <laughs> like studying how developers debug. Yeah, uh, in all different contexts. Yeah, like we have we have. We have tens of maybe scores of people <laughs> whose well, the lives is, are devoted to debugging experiences. Yeah, and it's and it's one of these things too, where like I don't, I don't, I can't really tell you where I'm feeling the pain right now all the time because I'm so used to it. I've been, I've just gotten, you know, you, you don't, you yeah. don't know what you what you don't have, right? And then once you yeah. give it to me, it's just like, yes, thank you. You yeah. actually, you're just, yeah. you just saved me like you know, thirty minutes every day, and I had no idea. I re- I remember in the early days when I first started uh, working here, which was like in the in the early days of .NET. You know, we were working on the first version of Edit and Continue, mm-hmm. and the the you know the work that was required to go through all of the different combinations of of the programming language plus the runtime and say, okay, this is something that you can continue from. This is something that you can't mm-hmm. continue from. That was years worth of man years worth of work to get yeah. that right. And and that was version one. And you know we've kind of continued with that that um, that that goal to really mm-hmm. make kind of debugging super easy. Um, bringing it forward. So like, you know, not only is it core debugging capabilities in terms of the run to click uh, capability that you just talked about earlier, but improving your exception experience so you can go inspect things, making it easier to attach to processes, like, you know, uh, getting a 
perf tips so that you mm-hmm. can see kind of what's the how long does it take for for a method to run uh, having better profilers you know this time we introduced a, a new Xamarin profiler so you can profile Android or iOS applications um, you know there's just there's so many things that we that we've done that that I can't even I can't even talk about it in this whole if this whole <laughs> radio show were just devoted to to debugging improvements yeah. uh, that that it would I would fill your time. We'll just make this like a <laughs> 10 episode series. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have 10 other people I can, I can put on your next show. <laughs> there we go. Aspose offers a powerful set of file management APIs with which developers can create applications, which can create, open, edit, and save the majority of popular business file formats. Their product range supports a multitude of file formats, including Word documents, Excel spreadsheets, PowerPoint presentations, PDF documents, OneNote, Outlook, Project, Visio files, popular image formats, and many others. Aspose produces APIs for .NET, Java, and the cloud, which can be utilized in almost any modern language available today. Visit www.aspose.com for a free 30-day no-limitations trial. And if you get stuck, message the friendly support team for help. All technical support is offered free of charge. Remember, if you're a lucky winner, you will receive a free developer small business license for Aspose.Words for .NET, a powerful toolkit to work with Word documents in your applications. Well, I think it's funny that you talked about you worked on Edit and Continue years ago because one of the new features this time is Edit and Continue for XAML. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So the team has been working on that for a couple of years. And a lot of that is actually, you know, we're really um uh, we've really built up kind of a center of excellence around compilers, programming languages, uh, runtimes and debuggers and how all of those things kind of work together. And so, you know, it might be that the XAML team on their own uh, wouldn't have come up with that and continue, but because they're sitting right next to the C-sharp team that that has been working with the .NET team and the the debugger team mm-hmm. on how adding continue can work, they now get the idea of bringing that to XAML. Yeah. And so, so it, they end up not just, you know, borrowing from the user experience and kind of coming up with the right rules, but also uh, using a lot of the same infrastructure from a code mm-hmm. perspective. So like, you know, we've been working on XAML using more and more of the Roslyn in- infrastructure, for example. That's great. So, yeah, so you know, pivoting a little bit, uh, one of the huge features that I, I know a lot of people are excited about is the live unit testing. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? <laughs> so the idea, <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, yeah, so the idea behind live unit testing, obviously, like unit testing is now an essential thing that 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 most developers do. It's not. It's you know, it used to be that that testing was maybe somebody in in. Uh, some other room did after you were done with your application, but and I can't say that every developer that we talk to does like test-driven development or anything like that. Some of them do, but mm-hmm. but very few of them do that. But I would say that that um, it is pretty typical nowadays for developers to also write the tests for their for their code. And live unit testing basically makes it easier to kind of take a bunch of the unit tests that you've come up with um, and and run them in the background as you're typing and as you're modifying code and actually see the results um, in the context of your editor. So one of the things that we're really trying to do um, uh, you know, for the vision of Visual Studio is to make it so that you get as much uh, information in context as possible. And and what is 
the context that keeps you in the zone. It's really looking at your code. And so what we've been trying to do over the past couple of years is bring a whole bunch of things like like perf tips, um, unit testing, um, you know, uh, collaborating with your peers, um, all of those things, bring them into the context of the editor in such a way that it's not disruptive to the, the flow of you thinking about how you what you need to program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be specific, like you get line by line, it tells you it's basically uh, code coverage on steroids, because not only does it tell you if it hit that line of code, but it tells you if that line of code was, uh, I'm, or failed. I'm, yeah, I might screw this up. Yeah. It was like involved in a, in a failing unit test, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. So like for each line of code or each method, it'll tell you, you know, did that, did for the, for the unit tests that are covering that line of code, are all of them passing? Yeah. Or is one of, or is some of them failing, or is it not covered at all? And then if you click on the some of them failing, then it'll actually bring up the um, the the test runner UI, mm-hmm. so you can actually go and and navigate to the specific unit test that's failing. Yeah, I think that's a big game changer. I think that that shows that really connects the value of the test, right? It's like yeah. if you if you have that that check mark next to the the line of code. Um, that's, that's awesome. I love that because it's so easy. Cause I was always, you know, I've done unit testing for forever and ever, uh, back in like, the, I think it was like N unit one Oh or whatever. But, uh, then, then came along, you know, some of these code coverage tools and they were, it was always such a hassle to use them, but it, it was like life altering when you could see what was actually covered. And this just takes it a step further. And then they have this happen live is, is really crazy. So I haven't, yeah. I haven't played with this in VS 2017 yet, but this is one of the things that I'm actually most excited about for sure. Yeah. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, um, so we did talk about uh, extensibility earlier, but like, how can, like, should I make an extension? Is it difficult? Can, can even somebody like me do it? <laughs> uh, everybody who can write any, any, you know, small program can write a, write yeah. an extension. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've done is we've really tried to make it so that um, visual studio, Visual Studio itself is built is made out of a series of extensions. Mm-hmm. So you know sometimes some client applications uh, the main functionality is in the core app, and then extensibility is kind of an afterthought. Um, so there's an API and it never versions properly with all of the new features that you have. Well, now because Visual Studio is based on top of the extensibility surface area that we have itself, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's 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 super important. It's critical to everything that we do because everything is is authored as an extension. Um, and and you know we just kind of package it differently for yeah. for how you go and access it, um, and so yeah I mean it's really easy all you have to do is in the um, installer UI you just you just click the Visual Studio extensibility uh, workload and that will install all of the APIs so that you can basically start writing your own extension for that. And now also if I have a bunch of extensions on my dev machine. Those now roam if I have another dev machine uh, as well, yeah. right? Yeah. So one of the things that we've been trying to work on uh, over the past couple of years is um, m- making it so that that the tool is a little bit more aware of who you are and what you like or need to do. And so, uh, it, you know, I think last version we introduced roaming settings so that you could have uh, you could have like you know, you you have certain colorization or certain tabbing or other things like that in kind of the editor settings. And those those settings roamed if you had, let's say, two machines and you signed into another machine, it would pick up your old roaming settings, 
and apply those to your editor. Um, in this version, we, we introduced the capability to roam your extensions. So it can actually pick up which extensions you had installed on the other machine, and it can go get the, go replicate that on your new environment that you just signed into. Yeah, I'm just playing with Visual Studio right now. I see there's an there's actually an update that came out today. Yeah. So I'm, I'm <laughs> so like that I said, now. I mean the the um the the objective that we have with you know getting some telemetry from some of our users uh to to understand kind of how it's behaving in the wild is really so that we can provide a a good service for everyone. Mm -hmm. So um so if we're seeing a lot of of you know hits in terms of crashes or kind of, you know, functional uh, disappointments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, functional disappointments. Then we can get an you, update out super quickly. You've been, you've been doing this for a while. You know, you know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Okay, I'm, I'm updating Visual Studio. This is a test right now to see how long it takes. Bugs, bugs. It should be pretty quick. Let's hope so. Um, but yeah, so I mean, our our hope is that you know if you if you installed it last week and mm -hmm. you thought you were encountering a whole bunch of bugs, um, install this new version and hopefully we've addressed them. And if not, then let us know and hopefully there will be another release out super quickly so that we can address those bugs too. Yeah, that's pretty responsive. So I wanted to ask about uh, .NET Core and and actually i have i have sort of a general question just cuz I, I haven't been able to to stay in i haven't been able to do as much dot net work recently as i as i normally do or i've done you okay. know historically so uh, you know i assume dot net core support is great in vs2017 correct like that's kind of my first question. Yeah, I mean, okay. <laughs> we've been uh, .NET Core has been a labor of love be an e for that, many, that many, be an many, many people. Okay, okay. Uh, and and I would say that it's you know we've really wanted to make sure that we got it right. So mm -hmm. you know, in terms of uh, really what the opportunity is here is trying to make sure that we have a new version of .NET that is is best for all of the different environments that it's going to be used on. It yeah. kind of started with the with um, the version that we needed to do for Windows and what we wanted to do for a lightweight version that could be hosted in the web. Um, but then additionally, we're also trying to make sure that you can kind of uh, write .NET components that can also be used in a Xamarin context on iOS or Android. So right. that's kind of where the .NET standard comes yeah. from. Sorry, that was kind of a weird question, but the, I, I just wanted to like kind of lay that foundation for my next question, which is, um, so whenever I'm, I'm using this new version of Visual Studio and I want to create, if I'm creating like a new application, um, should, you know, should I start with .NET Core? Is this a good time to start with it? And I know, I know this isn't like a .NET Core discussion because um, I know yeah. .NET Core is great. So let, I, yeah. like, we can we can take that as an assumption that that's <laughs> it is great. But if I'm in Visual Studio specifically and I want to create an application, should I start with .NET Core? Is this a great time to do that? Do I get all the tooling support and and am I am I going to be ha you know super happy with that experience? In terms of the coding experience for .NET Core, mm -hmm. it it is you know e equal to uh, the coding experiences for any other version of .NET okay. that you might have. Great, I mean, there great. still are some some you know, diagnostics capabilities that we need to bring to the .NET Core runtime. Uh, so there might be some some things that are on our to-do list that we haven't yet gotten to, yeah. but we'll we'll get to over time. Um, but in terms of like the core e editing experience and kind of authoring experience for .NET, um, it should be at at parity with the okay. other versions of .NET that, that okay. you might target. Yeah, because um, uh, the conclusion... You know, why, why use .NET Core? Because it's basically a, a lightweight version that's kind yeah. of optimized for 
authoring microservices. Okay. Yeah. Cause this was really like the remaining like hurdle in my mind, you know, now that we have, now we have a good, good version of .NET core. Uh, it has all these great features. Now we have like a world-class um, IDE. Now it seems like um, this is, this is just a great friction free time to, to start diving into that for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And and I did say that it was kind of optimized for for microservices, but the mm-hmm. but .NET Core is actually also what powers Windows applications as well right. for for modern Windows applications. Yeah, my update is already complete by the way. It actually completed <laughs> <Awesome>. earlier. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So that was that was awesome. I remember the days of like the uh uh like 8 hour uh, SP one. <laughs> yeah, uh, and imagine for us. I mean, we have to install a new build every day to make sure that that. <laughs> yeah, your life probably got way easier here. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Um, there's also some new functionality for coding standards. How does that work? So one of the things that we've heard over the past you know many years is that some teams really like to uh, have either more guidance as they're writing code around like what what reads like good code, um, or they want to have some capability to enforce uh, style rules uh, for their development team. And so what we've introduced in this version is, uh, I think we call the feature code styles, but you can go into the tools options for C Sharp, and um, there's a whole bunch of different style rules that you can apply. Some are, you know, just very simple, like style rules, like um, like use this or don't use this or, or like things I can like say that. Always use var. Yeah, always use var or whatever you want, right? Like some of them, we're, we're gonna get some, some of them might now. make sense. Um, you can also, you can also kind of say, you know, don't ever use var, yeah. uh, or or you know, I want it to be a warning, or I want it to be an mm. error, or things like that. Yeah. So you can actually set that uh, separately for for what you what you would like. Yeah, that's, so, that's pretty huge. Um, yeah, so some of these things are, are style rules like around formatting or uh, how many spaces you want or if you want a return or, you know, a carriage return or things like that. And others are kind of more uh, more semantic or, or uh, you know, real real checks that, that um, could catch some things that, that could lead to programming errors. Yeah, I think this will work much better than than companies. Like I've I've seen this at like every company. Um, I think except for well, I'm sure it happens in Microsoft as well. But every company that I've that I've ever worked with, they always you know like somebody takes it upon themselves to come up with this like coding standards, and it goes like in a Word document, and then it's like, hey everybody, and you have to refer to go, it. Go yeah. re- go read this Word document I created, and make totally. sure you read it like every day in case I make a change. And, and <laughs> it just never did anything. Everybody's like, uh, no, I'm just gonna keep doing my thing. Uh, so yep. so this is pretty cool because then you know like you said you can make them warnings um or you know whatever and then and then as they're coding it's like oh okay i i see you know maybe i should think about this a little bit more yeah especially junior developers who mm-hmm. you know might not have have those standards uh they might not have already built up their own code aesthetic yeah, yeah. well i think this is also important too for those of us who write for different contexts like if i i know that uh microsoft when they're writing a code that's going to go out on a uh-oh. thing you don't use uh-oh. var as often so yeah. people can see that explicit type for for certain scenarios whereas if you're writing for more uh production ready code yeah you you do want to use that so yeah it's like it's uh it reminds me of the term code smells mm-hmm. like this is all about basically making sure that your you have your code smells good mm-hmm. um and and you know think about it as you get to craft your own perfume oh that's that's pretty cool uh what else is is there anything else that we that we missed 
Oh, geez. Let me think. There's probably like um, three major things that, you know, like people so on your, people on your team mean, are yelling at the podcast right now. <laughs> well, I mean, one of the things, one of the things that we really tried to uh, work on is, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, about some of the editing capabilities, mm-hmm. but we've really Im- tried to improve IntelliSense and code navigation and kind of refactoring to make sure that, you know, you have all of the basic necessities in the editor uh, with Visual Studio itself. Um, so that's that's one thing that that's pretty important that we've done. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that we've done is uh, really tried to make, um, you know, think about how your collaboration with others could be a core part of the Visual Studio experience. So we've introduced, uh, you know, being able to commit and and see what a pull request, uh, what pull requests you have going um, easily in Visual Studio. Um, and you could see kind of like, you know, how many changes you have that you need to, you need to persist to your source code control. So it's not like a separate window that you need to navigate to. This is all kind of core in the IDE. Um, and it's, it's pretty, you know, uh, what's the word? Um, it does again. It doesn't interrupt your your code flow. Yeah. Um, so it really is just like you're looking at your editor, and then in this tiny little corner at the bottom, you can see how many changes you have to persist. Um, and then the other thing that I think we've done, we've put a lot of work into, is thinking about uh, cloud development. And there's a couple things there that we've been working on. One is making it easier to write a connected application. Um, so that you can, you know, have something that uses SQL storage or, or uh, I mean, Azure storage or uh, Redis cache or, you know, um, uh, Azure AD or things like that, making that really easy, um, you know, kind of in a wizard-like way, mm-hmm. um, as well as connecting to your whole DevOps pipeline and making that super easy. Oh, um, and then, and then, with the DevOps pipeline, also thinking about the fact that a lot of a lot of cloud developers are using Docker, um, so we actually make incorporating Docker into your into your application uh, much easier, so that you don't oh. need to kind of like re-spin up instances. So how so how does that work? <laughs> um, <laughs> really, it's like rather than restarting your container, yeah, uh, we are Docker aware. Okay. So that we can we can really cool. uh, d- deploy new instances of the application based on the modifications that you've made to that Docker container. Oh, this has me so excited! I'm just I'm a little distracted because I'm playing with Visual <laughs> Studio right now. Because <laughs> um, I'm setting up like a, you know a .NET Core. I have a console application here, and I'm setting up some unit tests. And uh, yeah, uh, this is pretty cool. Because yeah, there, there's been times when like something new like this comes out, and then you try to create unit tests, and things are awkward. And uh, but this is like the experience. This is just the polished experience that I've always uh, um, expected. Um, and it's yeah, I love it because. Yeah, I mean, I just created a .NET Core application. I set a breakpoint. I hit run. I'm able to step through the code. Like everything works the way that it should. Um, yeah. So this is this is super exciting for me. Good to hear. Yeah, I just need to get more chances to write some code now. Um. Okay. In, anything else? Should we move on? I think I think we covered all the the major stuff. And Carl's got a cool, tip here yeah. in a little bit that uh, that I think will help our listeners as well. Um. Okay. And we have a couple of quick picks of the week here. So I have an Azure pick of the week which is um, an Azure Managed Disks Deep Dive, Lessons Learned and Benefits. 
Um, so this is a guy that's actually uh, part of my team. Um, so he wrote up, he was using um, Azure Managed Disks, which is this awesome new feature where um, basically the disks are managed for you. You don't have to worry about like the underlying blob storage. It handles like fault domains and uh, scaling and performance and things like that. So check out his blog post. It's super informative. We've had a couple of his blog posts uh, referenced before on the show. Um, he actually had the product team reach out and say, this is awesome. We, 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 love, um, we love the work that you did around this. Um, and then Carl, what do you have for the app of the week? The app of the week, I've been doing a lot with IoT and then specifically like creating uh, just breadboarded out devices. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you want to share that, you don't want to take a, a picture with the rat's nest of wires going everywhere. So if you go to fritzing.org, there's an application that will help you uh, either make a, a really nice schematic and uh this thing looks really nice with the breadboard, or you could uh, actually lay this out as a PCB where you can actually go out and uh, have that printed as well for you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you have one of those goals where you just want to share what that looks like, we'll have uh, a copy of one of the projects that I'm working on right now um, in the show notes. But it, this is a really helpful tool to just share it out. And uh, another thing that you can do with it is if you have an IoT project where you have the code, uh, you, you know, you're doing Windows 10 IoT core, check this, uh, you know, make the hardware schematic and check it in with your code so you know that what version of the hardware goes with what version of oh, your code. Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, yeah. I love this. This look, this is nice, a nice clean way of seeing all this stuff. Very cool. That's super cool. When I'm uh, working on breadboards and my engineering, my my electrical engineering class was like one of my favorite things. I have a very proud picture of myself in college over, over my breadboard, you know, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. It brings me back. So do you have a, an electrical engineering degree? No, I have a CS degree, but okay. I had to take an uh, electrical engineering course as part of it. Oh, I'm jealous that you could, uh, you could do that. That's kind of cool. I didn't have, uh, when I did it, we didn't, uh, we didn't do anything like that. Uh, and then Carl, you have a dev tip of the week as well. Yes. If you go to vs2017poster.azurewebsites.net, uh, there is an infographic style poster of all the highlights of what we've talked about and more about Visual Studio 2017. Um, as always, it's it's very pleasant to look at and it really helps you get into uh, a lot of just the, the new features that are out there in a way that you can go dig about, you know, if you want to learn more, you know how to search for it. Perfect. Had you seen this, Amanda? Oh, my team just put it together. Yeah. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't sure. I, I assumed it was your team that put it together, but like it, I mean, it's just on Azure website, so I didn't want to make any assumptions there. So, yeah, yeah this is this is awesome. This is really cool. Um, it and it even go, cool. yeah, even goes in like the language uh, improvements and and even things like that. So, yeah, uh, what what we were trying to do was to both kind of you know show people everything that that we've done so that they can know where to dig, but yep. also be kind of more like a reference so that, you know, people will want to keep it up on their wall as they're coding. Yeah. One of the things I really like about it is actually at the very bottom of it, it gives you the little icon that says, give us your feedback. It's the exact icon in Visual Studio. If you click on that, it'll give your feedback. So I like that reminder that sometimes you see an icon, you're not sure what it does. You know, if you want to hit up the team, that's the way to do it. And we read every single one. Really. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Awesome. Um, okay. So Amanda, where can people find you? Um, probably Twitter is the best. My, my handle is Amanda K silver. K Hi. is for Kate. Okay, perfect. I'm yeah. now following you as of uh, three seconds. <laughs> All <ago>. right. <laughs> I just cool. got a notification. Yeah. Perfect. Um, uh, and Carl, where can people find you? 
You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. You can find me at whytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash whytechie. So Amanda, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about all these amazing features and, uh, and both of your babies. Um, this is, this is just, <laughs> this is such an exciting launch of, of visual studio. So great work. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 